This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. And as we continue here from the NASDAQ in New York City, Dan Loney, and uh, there have been some various avenues of business that will be need to address once the doors to Cuba are opened up. One area that seems to be on the rise in Cuba, as well as in the U.S., is entrepreneurship. Hugo Cancio is the president and CEO of Fuego Enterprises and is considered by some to be the face of entrepreneurship in Cuba and South Florida. He's worked in the music industry as well as in publishing, telecom, and other sectors. And we welcome in him into the show. Great to have you here. Well, thank you for inviting me. This is a, an amazing time. I, I mean, I sit here and we've done a variety of interviews over the last you know couple of months once the announcement uh, that the president made. It's interesting because there's so much anticipation out there, yet you have to kind of keep it reined in because you don't know when we're actually going to have these doors opened up right now. Well, I think the doors are opening. I think it's it's, it's irreversible. Um, I think the Cubans are willing to allow foreign investors and uh, and uh, investment in Cuba. I think they have some serious internal issues now to resolve, which is the differences in classes this this new businesses are creating. I think uh, they have, um, um, you know, they, they have internal uh, conflicts that they need to resolve. Yeah. But it, but but things are moving forward. Every time that I go to Cuba, I find a different Cuba, new businesses flourishing uh, in in every sense of the word from factories being opened by private entrepreneurs to yeah. restaurants, clothing stores. It is amazing, the transformation. Cuba is a country right now in, uh, in transition. And, uh, and you know, it's, it, they're not, the, the transformation, the transition is not, is not going as fast as some of us would like to see it. Sure. But it's their, their own way of doing things. They, Cuba, the Cuban government have had the, um, the historical, um, um, I will say, uh, experienced of seeing what happened in the old Soviet Union, yeah. in Vietnam, sure. uh, in, uh, in, in China. Under the communist regime. Under the communist up. regime. And uh, they're concerned about, um, um, you know, um, uh, a disruption in in their economy in a way of corruption that happens once, like, like it happens in some of those countries. And, and they're taking their own time. But, but it, it seems like, though, that there is that understanding, whatever level that is at this point, and, and maybe it is growing by the Cuban government, that things need to change. And, and they can change for the positive over a period of time. Do you see that? Of course, of course. And, and again, they're changing. They're changing. They're starting to talk to people. They're starting to shake hands with uh, potential investors. Yeah. Uh, some Cuban-Americans are starting to be welcome back and do businesses. We have an office in Havana. We're among the first. We have about 78 people that work in our office. And, uh, and we're doing pretty well. So, um, and, and we are, you know, we are, you know, expanding our our business ventures in Cuba into telecommunication and travel, and we're very we're we're very happy about that. But you know, there's there needs to be more willingness of the part of the Cuban authorities to allow more investors to come in, and hopefully that's that's what's taking place right now. So then, from making your trips in, uh, to Havana and and maybe other stories that you've been told, what do you see as the most important areas where American investment can make the greatest effect right now? Once once we get those open doors. 
Well, you know, the first thing we need to do is, is to find a way to uh, motivate Congress to leave the embargo, the existing <laughs> economic embargo, okay? Right. Uh, but once that happens, I, I mean, Cuba, it's some people call it last North American frontier. It's a lot of business opportunities in the areas of telecommunications, yep. uh, agriculture, uh, travel, uh, media, um, that, 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 you know, the technology sector is an emerging market in Cuba as well. Yeah. A lot of programmers, they have a school there called La UCI, uh, which is, you know, a school of um, um, computer programmers and computer engineering that, it's, uh, that is an, it's, it's among the best in Central and South America. Uh, we have some of those programmers that work for our office in Havana. So the opportunities are there. It's just, you know, look, you know, uh, doing business in a country, in a communist country in transition is, is not an easy task. Yeah. I always say that you need PPPV, passion, perseverance, um, you know, and vision yeah. um, uh, to do business in Cuba. Uh, it, and, you know, and, and again, the opportunities are there. Uh, I always advise some of my friends to go to Cuba, start shaking hands, start building those relationships because it's a country that, is, that, you know, it's focused on relationships as well, not That's only right. on on, you know, focus 100% on business. We are here at the uh, Cuba Opportunity Summit here at the NASDAQ in New York City. Dan Loney with you, and we're speaking with Hugo Cancio, who is the president and CEO of uh, Fuego Enterprises. You're listening to Knowledge Award on Sirius XM 111, business radio powered by the Wharton School. Uh, in terms of, of what you have done and what you have done in Cuba, do you feel like that maybe you have, will have a leg up in the whole process once once you have this this opening of these doors, you know, full-time? Well, listen, we, we have been doing business with Cuba for over 20 years in the cultural world, the yeah. cultural music arena. Uh, about two years ago, I, I realized uh, during a conversation with uh, with a member of the Cuban government that Cuba was about to change and things were about to go into a new direction. The yeah. president, Raul Castro, really wanted to take the country into a new direction and open the doors and and, and, and build his own legacy. Yeah. And, um, and, and in conversations with some members of the U.S. government, we realized that President Obama as well uh, was willing to to change the pace, to, to revise U.S.-Cuba policy. Yeah. Um, so um, we, we started positioning ourselves in Cuba um, um, early on, and, and today we, are, we, you know, we have foot on the ground. We have a solid base in Havana, yeah. and, and, and we feel we're privileged. We feel we're privileged to, for being there. It's, uh, you know, I'm grateful for, for you know, being the first, among the first American company, if not the first American company authorized to, by the Cuban government to operate in Cuba. Yeah. And, um, and we're looking for the future. I mean, the future is bright. I mean, there's still a lot of risk factors in Cuba. Yeah. Uh, things are not that easy. Things takes a lot of time to materialize. But um, you have to continue. You have to continue with a tremendous amount of passion, tremendous amount of of, uh, uh, persistence. Is it as simple as just saying it's a different perspective that Raul Castro has maybe than, than Fidel had? I mean, you know, time changes the viewpoint that you have on the world and, and you see things happen and change. And maybe you just have a different perspective on it. Look, I, I have met President Fidel Castro uh, many times. My personal opinion is that this kind of changes would have never taken place uh, uh, under Fidel Castro's uh, rule. Um, I think Raul Castro is a totally different person, it's a totally yeah. diff different uh, way of thinking. I think, uh, I think it's, it's actually um, preparing the ground for the future of Cuba, for a new generations of, of Cubans to take over in yeah. the near future, and uh, including 
his, his, you know, his family members, daughters, granddaughters, kids. I mean, he wants to leave a better Cuba, sure. not only for the Cuban people, also for his family as well. And I think he's building his own legacy. And um, and again, uh, you know, I think he could do a lot more right now. Yeah. Um, and but they have some internal issues right now that they need to take care of. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, what is your relationship like with the, with the current with with Raul Castro and the current Cuban government? I mean, I would imagine that uh, as you know, as every type of relationship it seemingly is with government that it can be great at one point it may be a little bit more tense at one point i mean it can go up and down well you look i have i've always enjoyed a good relationship with the cuban authorities um uh, i've been critical at times we run a, a publication call on cuba as you yeah. know it and we're sometimes we're extremely critical of the government and their government policies and and so forth and so on but we do it you know with respect we do it in a productive way we i am cuban i have this unconditional love of my native country sure. lived in the u.s for 35 years i love america but I was born in Cuba, and, and I wear two hats. I wear the hat of the businessman that wants to do business with Cuba yeah. and wants to create jobs and want my country to prosper. And, but also, as a Cuban, um, I want my people to prosper. I want the Cuban people to have a better way of life. Sure. So, so that power, that is a powerful combination. And when you speak from the heart uh, to the Cubans, and when you're straightforward and say it as, as you know, like it is, and uh, and you have a defined goal, and they know about it, I think they open the doors, and that's what they have done for me. Well, what is it for, for you? I mean, as you said, being born in Cuba and living here in the United States for so long, you have to have this level of excitement right now of what is going to happen at some point. But in some respects, do you have to keep it tempered, keep it within, under control in, in some respects, just until maybe we move things along a little bit further? Well, as far as, far as um, um, you know, uh, different businesses, uh, the creation of different businesses, where we, you know, we, we we're cautious because, you know, the, the, there's, there's still risk and we sure, still have yeah. a, an economic embargo. We still have to follow the, 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 the law of the land in Cuba and in the United States. But look, um, uh, we're living a historical moment right now. Yeah. Again, uh, Cuba is a country in transition. The opportunities are there. Um, I'm so uh, glad and humbled to be part of all this process in the political arena. I've lobbied the the hallways of. I walked the hallways of Congress for over 20 years yeah. trying to. Uh, lift the embargo, talk to members of Congress. I've talked to the Cuban government for so many years and told them that they also needed to revise their policy towards Cuban exiles. They yeah. needed to change their attitude. They needed to embrace us and allow us to come back and help us rebuild our country and be part of the process. So all of those things that we worked on for so many years are now taking place. And, and we live in exciting times. We mentioned about how you have this very you know, unique skill set and the things that you've done done you know since coming over from cuba but in, in terms of of where cuba is right now the level of entrepreneurship that is there we we hear stories about as you said new businesses popping up all the time is this a drive similar to here in the united states where obviously millennials are making a big push maybe 30 somethings are making a big push to to really push entrepreneurship is it the same in cuba um, look, I, I, I think it's the same. Um, it's a slow process, but I think it's the same. I think, I think the, the, you know, I think on December 17th, what the most important things that changed was the heart and mind, the hearts and mind of the Cuban people. Yeah. Uh, they started to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. They're 
now see the, f the future that they didn't have before and it inspire people and people are businesses are flourishing people are now seeking new opportunities not that many Cubans are now leaving the island to live abroad sure. to yeah. the contrary there are many Cubans returning back to the country of origin to participate in this process right yeah. now and we're leaving exciting times and, and 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 i think the future is bright so then there obviously is from the cuban community as a whole and obviously when a lot of people when a lot of americans think they think of miami and the the, the rich cuban community that is down there most of those people feel good about where things are going right now that maybe this is a a turning point in terms of their the country that they that they know and they call a homeland well, listen, um, you know, Miami's always been the center of, um, yeah. you know, the disputes between uh, the United States and, and Cuba. Yeah. You know, uh, I've, I've always been heartbroken over that. It's like my mom and my dad don't get along, you know, because, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I'm an American citizen. And I love this country and I also love Cuba very much. Yeah. And a lot of Miami Cubans feel the same way. There's an older generation that, uh, that you know, that, that for, you know, fought for many years to try to uh, provoke a government change and yeah. a system change in Cuba. Uh, but there's a newer generation now that that, that is still connected culturally, uh, emotionally to their island, to, to their homeland. Yeah. And now with this new economic transformation in Cuba taking place, most of the businesses flourishing all over Cuba are Miami-owned businesses. Yeah. So now there's an economic tie between my community, Miami, and the city where I was born, Havana. And I think that's very important. That's key. So Miami will be you know, a great ally, commercial ally with Cuba in the near future. Yeah. Well, it's and it's interesting because a lot of people have, have joked and talked about how music can kind of be uh, a, a, a door opener, and, and it seems like in this case, you know, with with you having done uh, work with the music industry on, on both sides of the uh, of the situation, that music truly can be an opener in this case. Well, you know, uh, the, the the projects that we have done for the past. 20 years in Miami have built bridges of understanding and reconciliation amongst both communities, both cities on both sides of the Florida Strait. Yeah. Um, we Cubans are very emotional. And when we sit down at a domino table on a Sunday uh, or to drink a beer or a glass of rum over the weekend, when we talked about politics, we always get, in, we always get into an argument. <laughs> but when we talked about our music, our culture, you know, we, you know, something that, that that's something that belongs to us. It's our inheritance. Yeah, yeah. We own it. It doesn't, it, it, you know, so, so I, I, I think we did a great job, you know, changing the hearts and minds of the people through the music, through culture, through all these concerts that we have produced for the past 20 years. Yeah, it's interesting that people that are listening to us can't see us, but Hugo's sitting here, and you can really tell something about a man when, when he explains things with his hands. <laughs> and, and Hugo does that, and that tells you, but it, it also tells me how much you care about it and how important this is for you and how much you want to see this change, you know, whether it's in five years, 10 years, whatever the time frame may be. Um, look, um, we're seeing it right now. Is you know the the the, uh, the wheels of change. I mean, uh, I've heard someone said the horse has left the left the barn. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Cuba is changing. It's irreversible. My community, Miami, is changing. We Cubans are changing. We want to be a part of what's going on. That's unstoppable. Um, you know, and we're extremely, extremely excited. 
Hugo, great to have you here. Thanks very much. Thank you for inviting me. Great to have you. Thank you very much. Hugo Cancio, who is the president and CEO of Fuego Enterprises. You are listening to Knowledge of Wharton here on Sirius XM 111, business radio powered by the Wharton School. We are at the Cuba Opportunity Summit at the NASDAQ in New York City. We'll take a break and be back with more of our show in just a minute. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.